steps, patted two priests on the back, and was gravely grinding the ashes of his cigar butt into the forehead of the red stone image of Hanuman. Strickland tried to drag him out, but he sat down and said solemnly, that? Mark of the Bevisht. I made it. Isn't it fine? In half a minute the temple was alive and noisy, and Strickland, who knew what came of polluting gods, said that things might occur. He, by virtue of his official position, long residence in the country, and weakness for going among the natives, was known to the priests, and he felt unhappy. Fleet sat on the ground and refused to move. He said that good old Hanuman made a very soft pillow. Then, without any warning, a silver man came out of a recess behind the image of the god. He was perfectly naked in that bitter, bitter coat, and his body shone like frosted silver, for he was what the Bible calls a leper as white as snow. Also he had no face, because he was a leper of some years' standing, and his disease was heavy upon him. We stooped to haul fleet up, and the temple was filling and filling with folk who seemed to spring from the earth when the silver man ran in under our arms, making a noise exactly like the mewing of an otter, caught Fleet round the body, and dropped his head on Fleet's breast before we could wrench him away. Then he retired to a corner and sat mewing, while the crowd blocked all the doors. The priests were very angry until the silver man touched Fleet. That nuzzling seemed to sober them. At the end of a few minutes' silence, one of the priests came to Strickland and said in perfect English, "'Take your friend away. He has done with Hanuman, but Hanuman—' has not done with him. The crowd gave room, and we carried Fleet into the road. Strickland was very angry. He said that we might all three have been knifed, and that Fleet should thank his stars that he had escaped without injury. Fleet thanked no one. He said that he wanted to go to bed. He was gorgeously drunk. We moved on, Strickland silent and wrathful, until Fleet was taken with violent shivering fits and sweating, he said that the smells of the bazaar were overpowering, and he wondered why slaughterhouses were permitted so near English residences. "'Can't you smell the blood?' said Fleet. We took him to bed at last, just as the dawn was breaking, and Strickland invited me to have another whisky and soda. While we were drinking, he talked of the trouble in the temple, and admitted that it baffled him completely. Strickland hates being mystified by natives— because his business in life is to overmatch them with their own weapons. He has not yet succeeded in doing this, but in fifteen or twenty years he will have made some small progress. "'They should have mauled us,' he said, "'instead of mewing at us. I wonder what they meant. I don't like it one little bit.' I said that the managing committee of the temple would in all probability bring a criminal action against us for insulting their religion." There was a section of the Indian penal code which exactly met Fleet's offence. Strickland said he only hoped and prayed that they would do this. Before I left, I looked into Fleet's room and saw him lying on his right side, scratching his left breast. But then I went to bed cold, depressed, and unhappy at seven o'clock in the morning. At one o'clock I rode over to Strickland's house to inquire after Fleet's head. I imagined— that it would be a sore one. Fleet was breakfasting and seemed unwell. His temper was gone, for he was abusing the cook for not supplying him 
with an underdone chop. A man who can eat raw meat after a wet night is a curiosity. I told Fleet this, and he laughed. "'You breed queer mosquitoes in these parts,' he said. "'I've been bitten to pieces, but only in one place.' "'Let's have a look at the bite,' said Strickland. "'It may have gone down since morning.' While the chops were being cooked, Fleet opened his shirt and showed us, just over his left breast, a mark, the perfect double of the black rosettes, the five or six irregular blotches arranged in a circle, on a leopard's hide. Strickland looked and said, "'It was only pink this morning. It's grown black now.' Fleet ran to a glass. "'By Jove,' he said, "'this is nasty. What is it?' We could not answer. Here the chops came in, all red and juicy, and Fleet bolted three in a most offensive manner. He ate on his right grinders only, and threw his head over.